Welcome to the first of four Mondays in this month of June, and another edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. There are hundreds of you on the subscription list, but today in particular, I would like to give special recognition to any one of you named Janet, Jenny, or Joyce, for it is apparently your national day. Now, on to the information that ends up in this installment. On today's program, there's a new name in the works for Buford Middle School. A new petition is circulating against the city's draft zoning code. The Karsh Institute of Democracy at the University of Virginia receives another $15 million in philanthropic funds. And the University of Virginia's Board of Visitors Academic and Student Life Committee learns more about what's being done to promote civil discourse. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, the Jefferson Madison Regional Library wants you and your family to read as much as you can this summer. And for encouragement and incentives, they're holding another summer reading challenge. Registration is open now on the Beanstack app for the summer-long event, which runs from June 1st through August 31st. Collect prizes for the best summer activity of all, reading. The theme this year is All Together Now, and there will be various kickoff parties at JMRL branches over the next few weeks. The one at the Central Library will be on Saturday, June 10th from 10 a.m. to noon. There will be music, food, and fun. The Friends of the Library will pop up a mini book sale and a Books on Bikes parade. Visit JMRL.org to learn more about the Summer Reading Challenge. The groundbreaking for the expansion and renovation of Buford Middle School is set for this Friday. But before shovels symbolically overturn dirt, Charlottesville City Schools want a new name to be in place before the project is completed in August of 2025. And Superintendent Royal Gurley is suggesting Charlottesville Middle School. In a release, Gurley is quoted as saying that the recommendation follows the current trend to move away from school names that honor individuals. The recommended name is fitting, he said, since the middle school will become the place that welcomes all Charlottesville sixth graders from their neighborhood elementary schools. The Charlottesville School Board discussed the issue last week and will take a vote at their meeting on June 27th. Community input can be sent to schoolboard at charlottesvilleschools.org. The city, as Gurley said, is moving away from naming schools after people. Buford is currently named for Florence Buford, the first principal at Clark Elementary, who served in that role from 1931 to 1964. Clark is now known as Summit Elementary School. Venable Elementary School is now Trailblazers. Work on two other elementary schools is currently on pause due to the recent redistricting. Construction work at the future Charlottesville Middle School will begin on June 12th. A full set of visuals is available for you to review in a link in the newsletter. In late July, consultants working on a new zoning ordinance for Charlottesville will release a final draft in advance of public hearings and adoption. One group is hoping that the final version will not feature a high level of additional residential density. The group Citizens for Responsible Planning sent out an email today with a link to a petition that's been created by an anonymous resident. The petition argues that the additional density called for in the new plan is too risky for the city and does not come with additional investments in transportation. Would you like to learn more before making up your mind? 
There will be an open house on the third module of the draft zoning code at CitySpace on June 14th from 4.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Public comment on Module 3 will be taken through June 18th. Later this year, the Karsh Institute for Democracy at the University of Virginia will become the new home for various programs that are now part of the Weldon Cooper Center for Public Service. Last week, the Karsh Institute received a second gift of $15 million from John Now, bringing his total contribution to $30 million for the project. That news was broken by President Jim Ryan at the Board of Visitors meeting last week. I think it is uh, good proof of the power of this idea. Um, it is an idea that I know a number of you on the board um, were encouraging us to pursue. That is finding a way to pull together all of the efforts around democracy um, so that they would have um, one home. Martha and Bruce Karsh donated $50 million to begin work on the Institute. Ryan said Now's gift allowed UVA to cross the $4.6 billion goal it had hoped to reach this fiscal year in an overall $5 billion campaign called Honor the Future. We have been averaging $600 million a year um, in gifts and pledges over the last five years. Um, we have two years left to go in the campaign, and now we have about $400 million um, left before we hit the goal. There have been over 700 gifts of over $1 million each since the campaign began, according to Mark Llewellyn, UVA's vice president for advancement. Weldon Cooper programs that will soon be part of the Karsh Institute include the Virginia Institute of Government, the Sorensen Institute of Political Leadership, the Center for Survey Research, the Center for Economic and Policy Studies, and the Demographic Research Group. The latter provides the official population estimates and forecasts for the Commonwealth of Virginia. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, one Patreon supporter wants you to know that Charlottesville now has an e-bike lending library. E-bikes are a great way to get around the community, but there are many brands and styles to choose from. Because many e-bikes are sold online, it can be a challenge to try out an e-bike before buying one. The Charlottesville e-bike lending library is a free, not-for-profit service working to expand access to e-bikes in the area. They have a small collection of e-bikes that are lent out to community members for up to a week for free. You can experience your daily commute, go grocery shopping, or even bike your kids to school and decide whether e-bikes are right for you. Check out the service at www.ebikelibraryseville.org. One more segment today. Last week, the Academic and Student Life Committee of the University of Virginia's Board of Visitors got an update on research initiatives from the UVA provost. One of them is a comprehensive look at how advanced digital technology might affect our system of government. Here's Ian Baucom, UVA's executive vice president and provost. Here, um, the, the questions are obvious. How do we understand both the ways in, digital, in which digital technology can open up and transform and bring energy and capacity and vitality to our lives, and yet at the same time we know that there are, that there are perils associated? Balcom said the work will look at how new technologies can affect the ability of a democracy to function, as artificial intelligence has the ability to manipulate public opinion. 
There will also be a look at the effects of digital technology on young people. We all have a strong sense that there is some deep connection between the embeddedness of young people in digital, social media, saturated worlds and the crisis of mental health. The problem is that there's not yet a clear and dispositive research that indicates what the nature of that relationship is, how you can intervene. For more information, visit the research topic on the UVA website. The Academic and Student Life Committee also continued a broad discussion about democracy in our society. We have had this ongoing series of conversations, as I mentioned, on our commitment to being an educational um, institution where we, um, where we seek to educate for citizenship. Um, and core to that is ensuring that our students um, and our faculty and our staff and our community um, uh, are really committed to civil uh, discourse across differences. Balkum introduced two different speakers to continue the conversation. School of Law professor Leslie Kendrick is serving as a special advisor to the provost on free expression and free inquiry. She also wrote a statement adopted by the Board of Visitors in June 2021 on the topic and told the committee she wants it to be a living document. Free expression and free inquiry, one, advance the search for truth, two, foster self-development, and three, undergird, undergird democracy. Theorists and practitioners have long recognized the relationship between free speech and the democratic process, including that the absence of one generally indicates the absence of the other. Kendrick said across the country there have been many calls at colleges and universities for some speakers to be denied a platform. However, she said the law is straightforward. In the context of student events, student groups are generally not state actors, which means they are to be treated by the government the same as any private individual would be. This means that a public university cannot disinvite a speaker or cancel an event hosted by a student group for reasons having to do with the viewpoint of the speaker or the event. Likewise, a public university may not suppress or interfere with the speech of protesters or demonstrators because of their viewpoint. The University of Virginia's policies are available on their dedicated free speech website. Kendrick said all new and returning students have to acknowledge these policies before being allowed access to the student information system. Our biggest challenge and our biggest strength is that we draw students from all backgrounds and perspectives, many of whom have never encountered this much of diversity of perspective before. Melody Barnes is the executive director of the Karsh Institute for Democracy, and she said a healthy democracy requires both robust and respectful dialogue, as well as a free exchange of ideas. This is an increasing problem in our society, that partisan and political divide, the friction between ideological perspectives is on the rise. And in fact, if we look at a 2022 Pew Research Center survey, what we see is that Republicans and Democrats not only think less favorably of the opposing party, but they think less favorably of people in the opposing party. Barnes said the University of Virginia's strategic plan for 2030 puts the issue front and center and that the Karsh Institute will play a large role in fostering civil discourse. They call the work Talking Across Difference, or TXD. A website lists several programs underway, including a three-day symposium coming up in October. More on that as we get closer.
that's the end of this edition, number 541. Now, I know that the last one did not have a podcast version. Last week got really crazy, but this one does. I'm not going to be able to go back and do the other one, I'm afraid. I was also a bit more strident than usual in the endnote last time, and things are more calm now, and I'm hopeful that this is maybe the week a new routine will finally develop. My goal is always to get as much information to you as possible, and sometimes it's just not. I really enjoy writing each of these newsletters and podcasts, and I'm glad to have hundreds of you paying something. If you opt to pay, the company Ting will match your initial payment. And if you sign up for Ting at a link in the website and enter the promo code COMMUNITY, you're going to get free installation, a second month for free, a $75 gift card to the downtown mall. Thank you again to Vraki for the incidental music that you occasionally hear in the program. And you can check out that work on Bandcamp. And thank you very much. And we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the show. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>